sometimes there are people that you should listen to. And sometimes those same people are people you shouldn't listen to because you need it. At the end of the day, you have to be responsible for who you surround yourself with and, and the actions and emotions that results as a byproduct of that. Welcome to the Awaken the Awesome podcast with your host, Olivier D. This is Awaken the Awesome, a podcast bringing a down-to-earth approach to personal growth. On this show, we're helping individuals just like you learn about tapping into their incredible potential through insightful interviews and inspiring lessons. Our mission is to encourage you to always keep pushing towards achieving your dreams and to stay awesome along the way. Hello again, awesome tribe, and welcome back to another episode of the Awaken the Awesome podcast. I really missed you guys. Back in the days when I was really into photography, as some of you may know, I got to discover a wide array of incredibly talented photographers. One who undoubtedly stood out was Benjamin Von Wong. Funny enough, it's a lot later that I found out that despite his worldly travels and spectacular body of work, that he was a local Montrealer. Ben's work as a photographer and visual storyteller is nothing short of amazing. His images are an experience. He pulls you into the story and grabs your emotions with his subjects in a way that not many photographers can aspire to, let alone achieve. As a bona fide artist translating devastating data into emotional experiences, he has merged his imagery with his willingness to serve causes he believes can bring valuable change. Being quite active on social media, he has become known for his photographic projects taking aim at the environmental threats posed by fast fashion, plastics in our oceans, as well as electronic waste. His current work lies at the intersection of fantasy and photography and combines everyday objects with shocking statistics. It has attracted the attention of corporations like Starbucks, Dell, and Nike, just to name a few, and has generated over 100 million views, highlighting various environmental issues such as climate change or biodiversity loss. He was also most recently named one of Adweek's 11 content-branded masterminds. His projects come together thanks to large-scale collections by an army of volunteers, resulting in spectacular installations designed to capture the imagination and provoke radical changes in our perspectives and our behavior. Still carving his own path and always with the same infectious smile and inspiring energy, he has made it his mission to make positive impact unforgettable. When passion meets intention and happens to be guided by purpose, it's an obviously potent and impactful mix. Is it possible to change the world? Can one picture make a difference? If you take it from Von Juan's vantage point, I can assure you that the answer is an engaging yes. So let's get into this. Awaken the Awesome, episode 187 with Benjamin Von Wong. Here we go. First of all, um, I want to, as I always open up all these episodes, I always, always like to celebrate the guest. And what I mean by celebrate, it's always important to acknowledge, because uh, all the people listening to us, um, as I like to say, uh, the tribe, are people who you know, understand where they are and they're looking ahead into the journey and they see the fog, what I call the fog, a little bit of fear, a little bit of desire, a little bit of ambition, a little bit of excitement, but also questioning, a huge question mark. And when I look at people such as yourself, Ben, um, first of all, like I said, a lot of people have heard me tell, tell this before. When I used to do a lot of photography, a lot of people inspired me. And basically not just because, you know, uh, you're Canadian, 
but also because your art speaks for itself. You know, you've made your mark. And um, even back in the day of what I was like, you know, just gouging and binging on photography podcasts, your name was always in the conversation. Like, you know, trendsetting, creative, visionary, colorful, whimsical. How does he do it? How does he do it? Like, how does he do it? And you know what? It's all about, you know, showing people. Right. Whether you start off as a hard rock mining engineer and end up as an artivist, guys, your life is whether your best life or whatever success looks like for you. People like Ben are, again, a manifestation of what lies beyond your fear and what lies at the receiving end of your choice. Through your story, um, I understood and I still see what power lies in the truth when someone just decides that, you know what, I may not have all the answers, but I'm going to do it anyway, and we'll figure it out. And that's something I want to celebrate you for because it speaks so many truths and what I try to aspire through these conversations. And of course, the work speaks for itself. You know, you've made your mark and you're still making waves. And as you like to say, you know, having delved into the social impact space, you are, again, you know, making a difference one day, one epic creation at a time. And for that, I want to celebrate you. And again, thank you for being on the Wake Me Awesome podcast. It's a pleasure to have you. Thanks for having me. I, I don't know what to say to that. Um, never been very good with compliments. <laughs> but it's sincere. It's sincere. But um, I've been, again, you know, brushing up on a lot of your work. Again, I've been listening to a couple of podcasts. and um, uh, it, But it's definitely something. This is not going to be a photography conversation. I wanted people to know this off the bat. So if you've tuned in to just check in and ask him again, what camera do you shoot with? Please log off. That's not what we're talking about. But this is this is this is really important to me because a lot of people, as I said, I'm not sure. I'm sure if you you again through a lot of interviews that you've done, uh, you understand more than anyone um, what can hold us back when we have that vision, we have that dream, we have that that you know that that oomph that we want to chase, and for some reason we we choke, we 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 you know fall into that internal script that internal dialogue that's what i was looking for that holds us back and for some reason we convince ourselves that you know what we can't do it but you flipped it you know what like i said in the beginning you may not have all the answers but you go after after it anyway and how do we coach the people listening then you know what follow that ambition follow that urge follow that dream and what was that like for you (laughs) you know it's funny because in these podcasts, I get positioned as somewhat of the expert where I'm supposed to have the answers. And I think when we look backwards on our lives at the challenges that we've overcome, it's very easy to say, oh, yeah, all, you, all, all that had to happen was X, Y, or Z. Mm-hmm. Um, however, when I, when I look forward at my life and I, and I say, okay, these are all the things that I need to figure out in order to get to the next stage of what I want, I have that same uncertainty as I probably did three years ago and five years ago and 10 years ago. Um, and so I'm not um, in, in many ways, I'm almost not too sure if one truly ever figures out how to move forward with all the answers. If anything, it's probably figuring out how to move forward without all of the answers, um, simply having a direction and um, putting one foot in front of the other. Right. So I think direction is a really big one. You need to know which way you're going. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there's going to be a whole bunch of gaps along the way. And so then the most important thing from that point, once you have a direction, is less figuring out how you're going to accomplish any huge milestones, but more how do you put the next foot forward 
uh, and then the next foot after that, and then the next foot. And then if you just keep at it, sooner or later you turn back and you're like, oh, hey, I've, I've actually gotten somewhere. Hey, what a surprise. <laughs> wow. So true. It's so true. So the, so we have to keep we have to keep a compass about us. So we have to have some kind of uh, of direction with some kind of north star. And what you're saying is it's kind of important to actually know why you're doing what you're doing. Yeah, exactly. And and, and that can look like many different things. So as an example, right now, one of my north stars has nothing to do with my job or my career, but everything to do with what makes me the best version of myself. And so for that, what I'm looking for is, um, is a community uh, where I can feel like I can learn, work, and uh, live somewhere where okay. all, all three of those are, are comforting. And so it's like, okay, this is like one thing. So what I've done is I've taken the time to articulate everything that I'm looking for. Um, I wrote it down. I graded like different things, like how important is Wi-Fi? How important is um, food? How important is uh, access to an airport, et cetera? Okay. Um, and I think part of the reason for doing that is it's very, it's a lot easier for people to help you when they know exactly what you're looking for. And it's a lot harder for them to help you when it's kind of like, Oh, I'm kind of looking for this vague thing over there. Um, I think Tony Robbins has a, has a quote, which is life rewards, um, the specific ask and punishes the vague wish or something along those lines. Okay. Um, and so, you know, part of that direction I think is, making sure you have a very clear idea of what the direction is and it can change. It's not, not a problem if it changes, but make sure that at in the, in this moment that you have that direction. And then the rest is a lot, a lot easier. Wow. Cause the thing is a lot of us and a lot of questions I get, whether in the in DMS or emails or follow-ups to certain conversation, a lot of people share and that res- that piggybacks a lot on what you just said. A lot of people say like, okay, I don't like where I am, but I'm not too sure where I want to be. It's just, at this, there's that, that, that threshold, like I said, that fog that they're finding themselves in. And I guess for some reason, everybody wants to have that, that click or that spark that says like, oh, okay, I'm supposed to be a farmer in, 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 ne- in the Netherlands and, you know, and, you know, <laughs> just, just, just produce cheese and stuff. Like, well, you could try that. It's kind of odd, but if it makes sense to you, you know Mm -hmm. that's like no one can fault you for that but make sure it's something that's genuine and about you you know Mm -hmm. i could be like i said we we, like i'm sometimes a lot of people say like okay you're a podcaster you're a broadcaster well you know i just found something that i'm good at until i find the next thing i just knew that you know what it's not something that i want that i thought that i couldn't do and until i found a reason not to you know might as well and i hear you so you have to be very clear and pragmatic about your North Star. So you're, you're, you're advising us to, you know, the power of a pen and paper. Is that easy? Just like grab a pen, grab a paper and just like go nuts and figure out what your perfect, your next version looks like. Hmm. Well, I actually think figuring out what exactly you want in life is a really hard thing to do. Um, and, I, and, and I almost wonder, I, I don't even know if it's something that can be forced per mm-hmm. se. Uh, I know that certainly during the pandemic, which is probably something everyone can relate to, is like during the pandemic, as everything changed around you, you had this moment in time where we were all just reassessing our priorities. And in, in, in moments like that, where you're trying to figure out, well, what do I really want? What's really important to me? What do I really care about? Is, is you know, like you, you're kind of forced into the situation where you, you don't know. And, and I think sometimes it's okay 
to not know, um, even though, you know, your mind might tell you otherwise, and, and it's definitely not a pleasant place to be. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's possible to always know. Um, and one thing that I've been working on personally for myself is to try to give myself a little bit more grace uh, when I'm unsure what to do or where to go or, or what to accomplish next. And I think grace is something that we we're not really taught to have because we live in this world where, I don't know, the Gary Vaynerchuk's of the world are just mm-hmm. telling us to hustle harder, to do more, you know, to, 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 to hammer your goals in. But like, but what if you don't know? And I, I just think that's part of the human experience. You have to. I believe so, too. I believe so, too, because, um, hey, we're not all grinders. We're not all entrepreneurs. I know the word gets thrown out a lot around a lot. And thank you for opening up that vulnerability and letting people know that, you know what? You're not Gary Vee, and that's okay. You're not Ben Von Wong, and that's okay. Just figure out what the best version of you that you are happy with. And that's what we try to encourage. And the second that you buy into that and stop comparing yourself, that's one step you know, towards the the better that every one of us wants to accomplish. Because I'm sure you've probably dealt with that because with your meteoric rise into a field where everybody's <laughs> comparing you to everybody wants to be Von Wong, everybody wants to be, you know, whoever, and the names got thrown around and out, you know, the McNallys and whoever. And But at the same time, you still had to be you. You still had to figure out what it's nice to be inspired is what I'm trying to say, but you still have to own up to who you are. And, you know, that also comes with, you know, just trials and trials and trials and figure out, okay, this is who I am and this is who I'm not. And I was wondering what that process was like for you along the way. Hmm. Okay. So why don't I rewind, I guess, back to giving a little bit of context of where I started out. So I actually studied to be a hard rock mining engineer. You mentioned that a little bit in the intro. Dude. Um, <laughs> but I worked for three and a half years as a hard rock mining engineer. And on evenings and weekends, I was taking photos. And when I first started out, photography was just sort of uh, a fun thing to explore and experiment with. It was an, an excuse to meet cool people, mm-hmm. go to cool places, just play, really. And after doing that for three and a half years, I decided that um, it's not that I wanted to become an artist. I just decided I didn't want to be an engineer anymore. And so I quit my day job and I just wanted to travel the world. And I figured out that, hey, to be able to, uh, photography is a wonderful tool to travel the world for free. I was able to reach out to different photography clubs around the world and say, hey, um, I'd love to come and visit you. Can I give a photography workshop in exchange? And then I'd have like a free plane ticket and I'd do a presentation. And then now I'd have 20 new friends and I could stay on 20 new sofas potentially. Um, and I just kind of hopped around from place to place. And so as I was kind of like going through that, I guess for me, the mission was always to create stuff that others weren't doing. Um, anything that was slightly in the adventure vein, the imagination vein, special effects, just trying to do things that other people weren't doing. Because um, to me, if if you were doing things that everyone else was doing, it would be impossible to stand out from the crowd. Wow. Okay. Um, and so I just always went in the opposite direction. And one of the interesting problems that I encountered early on in my career is that anytime I would experience some kind of success in a field, um, people would instantly try to pigeonhole me into that field. So as an example, I started doing a lot of stuff um, where I was lighting people on fire. I was doing a lot of Mm -hmm. this thing called fire painting where I lit Mm -hmm. things on fire and I would leave the shutter open. I would create these like shapes out of fire. And so for a while I was like 
basically the fire guy. Like everyone just wanted me to come over and do fire things. And fire I, things. And I had to be like, wait, no, I, I want to do other things. This just this fire thing is getting boring. And then I would do an underwater project, and then that one would go viral. And then suddenly everyone wanted underwater wedding pictures and underwater this and underwater that. And I'm like, yeah, but I I I, I can do I other do things. Other things, right? And and so on and so forth. And so this is a trend that has been going on for a very long time, which is um, I, I think when you become successful at something, the world conspires to make you unsuccessful at it. <laughs> wow. It kind of like, it tries to pigeonhole you. It tries to trap you. And I think it's only gotten worse over time where today, um, if you deviate from something that you become known for, the algorithms punish you so heavily that it becomes almost impossible to continue having a career in that thing that made you successful in the first place you're a wedding photographer how dare you post about babies yeah 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 <laughs> exactly so you almost have to like start an entire new persona you almost have to start wow. an entire new career path um and i think maybe the one thing that saved me um or maybe it's punished me i'm not sure but i i, I choose to see it as it saves me is that i've always made sure that at the end of the day i didn't do anything just for the sake of money. Mm -hmm. If there was something that paid well, but I didn't enjoy doing it, I would, I wouldn't do it. Mm -hmm. um, and it was really important to me to follow that because I feel like the more money you earn, the more money you spend. And so this I've just true. always been very cautious of not earning money, doing something that I didn't enjoy doing so that I wouldn't be reliant or dependent on it. Um, and of course that comes with a certain amount of privilege. Um, I recognize that I got very lucky um, and I was able to kind of pick and choose the career that I wanted. Mm -hmm. um but it hasn't come without its struggles so anyways i hope that vaguely oh, answers no, the no, question no. oh man you just like wow there's so many nuggets in there it's like i'm just writing so many things so many things but uh i just want to just like take two seconds just to, just to pivot back to you know the transition uh between yeah. you know just being a rock mining engineer and then you know just taking the leap as i like to call it i often like to call it just taking the leap into photography mm. i guess what you said like you said um you didn't want to be a rock mining engineer anymore. You wanted to do photography. What I want people to get from that, and I wrote it down, you have to pick your discomfort because you said it. You know, you were doing it on the weekends, and then you realized, and as you said in a bunch of previous interviews, I didn't see myself, in your own words, I didn't see myself being at this desk for a bigger salary, a bigger desk, a bigger office, you know, just punching in my hours in rock mining engineering, all right? So a lot of people can relate to that because, hey, Raising my hand here for people who don't see me on the video. I've done that. <laughs> I totally see it and I totally get you. I didn't go into photography, but you have to pick your discomfort, I guess. You probably didn't have all the answers. As you said, I can travel. I can just go see the world. I can get creative. I can grab my camera and do so many things. But that did not, I'm sure that didn't come because the life of the artist, as we know, is <laughs> not all ring around the rosy. But you have to pick what you're you have to pick your discomfort and have to pick you know what it is that you're actually willing to sacrifice for you know what you're willing to suffer for and what i love about which what you just said because it is so full and energized of of truth and and uh you know just really putting the emphasis on owning who you are and owning what you want and not selling yourself short for the sake of the likes and the algorithms i know that this conversation goes on and on every other day, 
But people need to bring it back home to the fact that, okay, if you're producing work, whether it is photography, whether it is, you know, writing a book or writing a song or just, again, posting about babies, if it's something that inherently at the end of the day makes you, you, all the best for you. Because uh, I, who was it that said that? I'm not sure if it's Seth Godin, but I'm probably paraphrasing, but he says, your tribe will find you. That's South Godin. <laughs> your tribe will find you. I'm because I think it's the word, the book tribes. But I'm, again, I'm, I'm hoping I'm getting it right. If if not, guys, correct me. But that's what I love about what you just said. You know what? You did the fire thing, and then okay, we're moving on. I want to do underwater photography. Okay, then we're going to do this. Then we're going to do this. And you know what? I can do other things. And this is what I want to do for me. Yeah, the paycheck is nice, but at the end of the day. I can't just be about dollars. I can't just be about the dollars. It has to be about something that really fuels me, you know? And I believe um, in, in your own words as well, that's also what fueled the transition to social impact because you said it yourself that, you know, the social, the social, the, the, the media campaigns were great, but at some point you wanted to make a bigger, uh, a bigger impact into the world and see, okay, there's not just the, 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 the glitz and glamor and the opportunity and the logistics, not just the vision, but also what, am I doing? How is this helping people? What are the conversations being started by my work? And that was very important to you. So whether it's through straws, whether it's mermaids, whether it's a huge six, eight story tap, but Ben, how did, where, where, where did that come from? Like, why did you want to go the environmental route? Cause you know, it's so, it's like, it's like the floor du jour, but you, you know, just to transition from all that you've done and uh, okay. Let's pivot again and let's try this new thing. How did that happen? Yeah, so I guess I achieved my goal a little too easily. So when I quit my day job, I mean, when I quit my day job, I didn't actually expect to make it as a photographer. I I was so unsure, actually. Are you serious? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was so unsure that I could make it as an artist that I tried to get fired so I could collect unemployment. And they refused <laughs> to fire me, so I ended up having to lay myself off. Um so, you know, I, I didn't know, like, and, and my plan B was to, to, to get an MBA. And so I had actually studied for my GMAT, uh, except that I quit my day job in January. So I was like, oh, well, I got six months to kill before I need to go to school. So let's just see how this photography thing goes, okay. goes on. And after six months, it was going well. So I was like, well, let's just give it another year sure, because not? I'm not going to get any younger and I'm not going to take any more risks. And, and, then, and then after a year, I was like, oh, let's give it a second year. It's going well. Um, and so I sort of became an artist by mistake. Um, and, and, and I think by the third year, I, I had already gotten like the, a big global commercial campaign for a cell phone company called Huawei. Mm-hmm. And oh, I remember that. I remember that. And, and basically this job, just to give you guys like a magnitude, like in this one job, I earned more money than my entire career combined. Wow. Um, and I was like, oh, this is it. This is what, this is exactly what Boom. it means to have made it. I, except that it was a place that I found very boring. Um, I was, you know, I, I was basically just spending a lot of time in meetings, a lot of time in conversations and sure I had my face and my work plastered on all these different billboards, but then I just couldn't quite see like what was going to be next. The next thing was just the next big job with the next company to do the next Mm -hmm. thing and so on and so forth. And it just felt like, Oh, is this the life that I really wanted to sign up for this? I don't think this is something that's going to keep me, interested or engaged wow um and so i you know know, hypothetically if i had worked for it for 10 years i might have thought a little bit differently 
but because I had only done it for like three years and I, and I kind of got a peek of what the top of the mountain looked like. I'm mm-hmm. just like, you know, I don't think this is interesting to me. Yeah. <laughs> and so I just started. Be, yeah. There, there has to be a lot of audacity there to have the forethought. And I'm going to use the word again, audacity to actually ask yourself, is this what I really want? Like you said, Huawei, like, dude, you're, you're there. <laughs> you know, a lot of people, again, proverbially would kill for this, but you are taking a second to actually look inward, look within and ask yourself, do I really want this? I'm sorry. I cut you off. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I, I don't think it felt audacious. It just felt like what needed to happen. I guess I'm a very like blunt and honest person in, in life and in my human interactions, but I'm also that way with myself where I'm constantly second guessing what I do and I'm constantly on a stage telling my story. And so I, I almost always need to justify why I am where I am and what I'm going to do next. Okay. And so this, this almost like separation of myself from first person to third person forces that layer of introspection to see oh well what is going to happen next if i'm the author of this story where you know where does the journey go next and Mm -hmm. for me it was just clear that i had to do something that that had more meaning more purpose to it something in social impact and i didn't know what and so i decided to give myself a year to figure this out a year goes by i still don't have it figured out (laughs) so i give my i extend it as 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 you do Mm -hmm. and i you know i didn't really know what which direction this thing would go. I assumed that because I was at the peak of my commercial career that I could just go up to different charities and nonprofits and say, Hey, this is what I've done. Like, I'd love to work with you. And it turns out that none of these nonprofits wanted to work with me. Well, my hypothesis is twofold. First, uh, nonprofits are risk averse and my work is extremely risky. Mm -hmm. Um, but secondly, I think there, I hadn't proven myself, right? Like I hadn't done the work to say these are causes that I actually care about. Like I hadn't, I hadn't educated myself prior. And so um, about a year in, I, I started just watching my own documentaries to figure out like, well, what campaigns can I create on my own? And, and so um, I started watching some environmental documentaries uh, as I was preparing for a storm chasing project that was going to be a climate change, like a metaphor for climate change. Storm Whoa. is the metaphor for climate change. And so mm-hmm. I just watched documentaries and I started learning about it. I'm like, oh, okay. We know theoretically that climate change is an issue, but do we really know what's going on? And so I think I went from like um, looking around to actually seeing things, right? Like I was, I was, I, I knew of them, but I didn't know it. I hadn't taken the time right. to listen. Um, and I think as with most things, like the minute you start going down this little bit of a rabbit hole, the deeper and deeper you go and you stop being able to turn away. So I did one project, I did a second in shark conservation, I did a third on ocean plastics. And then, you know, before I knew it, I had just become basically an environmentalist. Uh, wow. Uh, and and, and Again, every, by photo pro- yeah, every photo project was now an opportunity to learn more about the problems and to discover new ways that I could contribute to solving them. And you said it, you said it yourself where, you know, the projects, uh, logistically and creatively were taking a lot longer. And I know you're a one man creative army, you know, where they're like, you know, spending emails like on for hours on end and figuring out the campaigns and connecting with the people and figuring out the logistics. So it's taking longer to make, you know, just one project. But what I'm hearing is that you're not losing steam. You're even more interested and even more engaged. 
And this is where I want people to not not overlook this. You guys heard Ben say that even at the status that he had reached, not just in the photographic community, but, you know, just creatively and, you know, again, with his, his notoriety, people, he already had a very sufficient and, you know, recognizable, noticeable calling card. But he still had to prove himself, pivoting again into another realm that he had not experienced. And again, you're knocking on these doors, say, hey, I want to collaborate with you. And you guys need to understand, you need to hear, you need to eat your own humble pie. Understand that, yeah, I may be the shiznit in this area, but I want to be here. And yes, you are going to have to do the work. You are going to have to prove yourself. You are going to have to show that, okay, how bad do you want it? And I would like you to remind them, guys. I would like to remind them, Ben, that you know what? The work, you can't put it aside. There are no shortcuts. There are no, there, there, there's no magic pill. You have to put in the work, even at your level. Can you imagine? You need to remind them of that. I mean, it, I, it, it continues to be difficult. I mean, I've done many pivots. Like I, I moved uh, again from photography to art installations. Um, and while one might think, oh, the move from photography to art installations is pretty small because if I'm doing these big sets already, then making it semi-permanent should be easy. It's not. It's a completely different engineering approach. You need a completely different set of permits. You need to, you know, finding the right people who will give you the space um, when you've never done it before is super hard. And so that took almost a year. Wow. Um, and, and, and these days, you know, as I, as I look forward, I'm thinking, okay, I've become known as, the trash guy, literally like most of my work now is, is made out of different pieces of overconsumption waste. And so everyone just keeps coming up to me saying like, Hey, can you do a trash thing? Can you do a trash thing? And like I said earlier, like <laughs> the world conspires to just pigeonhole you into something. And, uh, and now I'm like, I, 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 I want to stop talking about problems. I want to start mm-hmm. looking towards solutions. solutions. Right? This would be, this is something that is really important to me, but now Moving into the solution space, I'm encountering the same amount of resistance, the same problem set, because people can't see beyond what I've already done. And I think this is something that artists across the board are going to consistently struggle with, which Mm -hmm. is that people can't see what you haven't done yet. Like, you're the only person that can see this vision inside of your head. We're not in your head. And, and unless you can figure out how to do it alone, unless you can show it somehow to people, no one is going to understand what, what it is you're going to do. And so it, it's, it's always so ironic because that first step is the hardest. It's like with sponsorships. Um, the, time in, the time period in which you need the sponsorships most is when it's impossible to get them. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly when you, when you have all the gear you need, people keep trying to give you more of it because Whoa. now you're valuable. And it's, it's such an annoying way of being but it's just the way the world works because nobody wants to be on the losing side they always want to be on the winning side wow wow um i know it's a loaded question but sure. i'm sure you've heard it before but i really i'm i'm just gonna ask it because i always like the this is something i, I get asked a lot in your words what does it mean to follow your purpose or to find your purpose or is that an ongoing quest yeah, I definitely think it's uh, it's a journey, not a destination, because even if you found your purpose, um, it would change over time and the world would change in response to what you what you create and people would change in relation to what you do. And your your work is going to change as, as you, you grow. And so I think finding 
your purpose is kind of like finding happiness. Um, it's not something you really sustain. It's something you work towards constantly. Um, for me, I think what powers everything that I do is a desire to be useful and a desire to be relevant. Um, I just want my work to serve the greater good in some way, shape, or form. And I feel happiest when I'm, when, when I feel like the work I'm doing is making a difference. And it just so happens that with art, it's impossible to measure the impact that you're having. Like you just don't know. So much of the relationship is a one-way relationship where you're giving and projecting out into the world and, and those kind of ripples that come back come are a few and far in between. And so it, it is hard to sustain. And I think a part of it is just having faith. A part of it is also just, you know, constantly paying attention to the different indicators that are coming back and doing the best that you can to respond to those and not be myopically focused on what you want to create. Um, but once again, this, this comes down to my perspective of the fact that art is a tool um, as opposed to something that I use for pure expression. Wow. So you can't, you can't set aside from the fact that you would not have put in so much time, put in so much work if uh, you didn't believe in what you were doing. If they're not like to your core, you were not fed by this unshakable confidence that, you know what, this is what I want to do. Even with the uncertainty, even if we don't have the whole team, we don't have the logistics. You've talked about, you know, the underwater shoot being on vacation and like going shooting, like, okay, finding a dress. And, you know, if there's like, okay, needing to get your diver's license and finding the diving master. That takes a lot of planning, but you still made it happen. And for someone like you, um, you know, who's always like, okay, let's go, let's, let's, we will find a way. How do you react to people who you try to bring on your projects? Because I'm sure you've encountered this. When someone tells you, <clears throat> this is impossible, it can't be done. <laughs> What's one one's natural reaction to that? I think it depends who's saying it. Like, if, 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 if the, the diver who has like three decades of experience is telling you this is impossible. It's not safe. You're going to get someone killed. You listen to it. Um, (laughs) But, but, but if someone's saying it's impossible, but they have absolutely no bearing saying it, like there's no, nothing backing it, then, then of course you'll challenge them. But I think, I think so much of it is actually just talking things out. Um, Challenges and projects are actually really helpful. They allow you to, uh, look at the project from a different perspective and to figure out where the shortcomings are. And mm-hmm. so I think it's actually really helpful when someone says like, Ooh, I'm really not sure about this. Like, can you explain to me how this part is going to work? And then that gives you the opportunity to, to explain it. And as you're explaining, you're thinking it through. And if they, ch- if they continue to challenge it to the point where you're unable to respond, then that becomes the new problem to resolve mm-hmm. for. It doesn't mean that they're right or you're wrong or anything along those lines. It just gives you more chances to figure out what the stumbling blocks are going to be. I think with projects like these, the most critical thing, like big, just generally like big, large projects, um, it's important to be predictive rather than reactive. And the mm-hmm. more problems you can solve before they become problems, um, because you've been kind of looking in advance and looking in anticipation of, uh, the more possible your product actually is. Because if you're purely reactive, it's it's probably not going, it's not a good long-term strategy. Right. See? 
So it's nice to have a vision. It's nice to have dreams, but you need to bring it back. You need to bring it back down to earth and say, okay, the people asking you questions, because again, we often have those dreams. We have these big goals and whether it's losing weight, whether it's writing a book, whether again, it's going out for a Spartan race, you have to ask yourself like, okay, is this safe? What are you, the people asking you questions are not basically, yes, some people, I don't believe there are so many as haters where depending on what the person says and what you hear, because again, we always fall into that insecurity. And as you said, some people have very valid points. Some people yeah. have very valid points and you should, you know, take into consideration that, you know, maybe they want the project to succeed. It's just that bringing up a very valid point into regards to have you thought about this? And if all your reaction can be is just like, well, you don't understand. Do I though? well make make me understand like i want to understand but you can't just be all all up in your feelings about it you know and that's that's something that you know the people listening to us need to understand that that you know what it's okay to have your long-term vision but also write it down and have the right people around you who can give you the sincere and constructive feedback that you need you know to to see it to fruition yeah, I'm learning so much today. For sure. Wow. And and that's that is not to say that like there are people around you that are just going to drain your energy. There are people who's who who will always say this is a bad idea or this is terrible. Why are you doing this? Um my mom is a really good example of that. Not because no. she doesn't support me, but just she's just like an intrinsically like no kind of person. And so why are you, you doing know, this? <laughs> my mom's still waiting for me to get a real job. Um, <laughs> she's even like, at this point. Oh yeah, she just she just kind of goes like, "Well, why why are you doing this impact stuff? I think I think you should be done with it now. Like you should go do something that will actually earn you money." Wow. Um, <laughs> and I mean, I mean that's just her nature, right? So so we need to understand also that like there are different people in our lives that put out different energies um without being woo about it just like mm-hmm. practically the kind of energies mm-hmm. that they're putting out and and my mom is on the extra cautious side of things because she grew up as like a first generation immigrant she knows what it's like to be poor and she would never wish that upon her kid and so like that's that's her right um but i can also like take some space away from that if if and when i need it and so i think that's the same of friends it's the frame of mentors there sometimes there are people that you should listen to and sometimes those same people are people you shouldn't listen to because you need it at the end of the day you have to be responsible for who you surround yourself with and and the actions and emotions that results as a byproduct of that wow wow be careful with your surroundings you know curate your surrounding and have the right team man oh wow ben uh i know you're a busy guy uh, you've been so generous with your time. I'm not going to abuse any more of it. Um, I'm really thrilled. I'm filled with so much energy, which you just mentioned. I'm filled with so much energy right now. Uh, gratitude is one of them. Um, respect. And of course, you know, impressive admiration because you're still going strong. You're still doing it going all across the world. Like I said, I envy your passport because <laughs> you told me a bunch of stuff that they're coming down the pipeline. But, um, I want to say thank you uh, for sharing so much wisdom, sharing so much insight, you know, sharing so much generosity and again, inspiring us, you know, just to, you know, just dig deeper and try to answer the right questions into what's going to reveal our personal truth. And for everyone listening, I just want to say a heartfelt thank you for being on the, for being on the Waking the Awesome podcast, man. Really, really, I really appreciate this conversation. Thanks for having me, man.
<laughs> I always like to, uh, again, shameless plugging time. Any, you, I know you're the Von Wong on Google, but just for the sake of people who don't know you, if anyone wants to follow you and, uh, you know, just connect with you, just you know, follow up on your work, where can we direct them? Yeah. You know, if you Google Von Wong on whatever platform, you'll find me. But maybe the interesting link to share is probably vonwong.info. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, a, it's a Google form where people can reach out to collaborate. I use it as a, uh, a way to figure out, you know, if I land in Austin, I just search Austin in this Google form to figure out who's there so I can say hello. Um, and oh, so it's that's really cool. Yeah, it's great. Um, I, I, well. I, I learn new things about people. Um, I have thousands of people on this list. And so it just gives me a whole bunch of people to reach out to if ever I need a place to crash or a specific craftsman or someone who's a specialist at something. I just search for these keywords and see if Whoa. someone in the network actually knows it. So vonwong.info is probably the most useful link to share with you guys. And, cool. uh, and of course, if you have any questions, just feel free to reach out. Sure. Sure. We always have uh, one last basically tradition on the podcast, what I call the next step. What I mean by that is that we always like to ask the guest, you know, whether a quote, a book, personal mantra, a song lyric, anything that our listeners can wake up tomorrow as a next step towards their next level. Is there anything we could leave the listeners with? Hmm. We can cut out this pause as I think about this. Take your time. No rush. No rush. No pressure. Uh, something that people can wake up to tomorrow. Um, okay, here's a fun one. During the pandemic, uh, I had someone ask me a question and I just thought it was such an interesting reframe. So when we look back on our past, mm-hmm. invariably at any decision we've ever made, even the bad ones, Uh, we all somehow managed to figure out what the lesson was at the end of the day. And so ultimately we somehow managed to rationalize that everything we did was for a reason. And ultimately every decision we made was, was the right one. And, and I was thinking about how every single day when we face like big existential decisions, we agonize over whether or not we're making the right or wrong decision. And, and what if, you just assumed, like, what would your life look like if you just assumed that every decision you made was the right one? How much, like, energy would you save as a result of this mindset shift? Wow. I thought that was a really interesting thing for maybe some people to That's a powerful one. That is a powerful one. That is so true, because I just just dialed that in just, like, two nanoseconds. Like, what if, wow. (laughs) That's, that's, you see it on my face. Wow, it's... That's a great reframe. Yeah. That's a great reframe. I'm really, I'm really going to share this. No, people need to take two seconds. What if you stop, you know, just layering yourself with all the BS, excuse the expression, and just like, you know what, just leaned into every decision as the right one. You know what? And we'll figure it out along the way. Yeah. Wow. That's a powerful one. That's easier powerful said than done. I will say easier Obviously. said than done. Obviously. A very fun intellectual exercise at the very Wow. <laughs> My brain is exercising right now. It's on the mental treadmill. Wow. Guys, Benjamin Von Wong, photographer, social impact, artivist, world traveler, but an awesome human being. Um, I'm not, I don't even have to say it. You guys felt this through this recording Um, with all the greatness and gratitude that is yet to come. Ben, I wish you nothing but success. I want to thank, thank you and celebrate you again for all your amazing work. Anytime you want to be back, man, again, 
if the universe will align, you're always, it's an open invitation. You're always welcome back. But again, for this time being, thank you so much for your generosity. I really appreciate you for being, for taking the time for us, man. Thanks, buddy. Thanks, Guys, man. another episode of the Awaken the Awesome podcast in the can. As always, follow the, the podcast and all the social media links. Please do share. That's what we're trying to do. Just continue to promote the message of the journey of the Awaken the Awesome train. But you guys know how to share. And all the web links and all the show notes will be on the blog post once it goes live. As always, stay blessed. Stay safe. As always, do. Stay awesome. This has been another episode of the Awaken the Awesome podcast. We always love to get your feedback, so please do drop us a line via Instagram, Facebook, or email. Our email address, awakentheawesome at gmail.com. Do visit our official website at awakentheawesome.ca, where you can find our entire back catalog of episodes and incredible guests. Also, if you haven't already, please hop on over to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, give us a rating, and leave us a review, as this helps us tremendously in growing this podcast and spreading the word to more awesome listeners like you. We always appreciate your support, and thank you for listening. Stay awesome.